What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Transformation Podcast brought to you by Soul City Church. Soul City exists to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus, and we hope that this podcast helps you move forward in faith, whoever and wherever you're at. Okay, let's get into today's conversation. What's up, everyone? My name is Noelle. And I'm John, and you're listening to the Transformation Podcast. And the Transformation Podcast is a new podcast brought to you by Soul City Church. Soul City exists to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. Wow, that took a while. But yes, that is our mission here at Soul City. We want to thank you as well for listening. Um, <laughs> John is cracking me up, you all. I apologize. I'm cracking myself up over here. (laughs) Uh, But we thank you for listening. We enjoy making this podcast, having different guests, um, talking about topics we may not talk about or expand on on a regular, but I I really enjoy doing that. So thank you. Um, And also we want to make sure that we remind you to subscribe and leave a review so that other people can find this podcast. Absolutely. And Noelle, it's good to be back. Let me say, yes. let me say, it's good to be back. I feel rested. Mm-hmm. I feel replenished. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the, the mantle was carried well yeah. while do I was you, gone. Do you feel rested? Because you were falling asleep in the second service. Yeah, I was a little <laughs> bit, <laughs> but I'm, I'm feeling rested now. Oh, okay. okay that okay. is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, and I appreciate you all carrying the mantle last week. Specifically, Jarrett, thank you and welcome. To our guest. I didn't know if it was my time. You're ready. You're right. here. John, something special happened last week on oh. the pod. Um, Noel, you felt it. <laughs> Julian, you felt it. Don't it was, was the, it was, was the, There was just something different. Was and it, I would say better. Was it potentially, was it the, the special sauce? Was it the slander that was being put on my name? Ooh, I don't know. Because I, I don't recall. I just was so caught up in the moment. I don't remember the specific words that were spoken, but it was special. Yeah, I, I felt like it. My ears were tingling all, yeah. all Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Put some um, respect on his name. Put some, respect. Put some slander said, on his name. I said put some respect on my name earlier, but <laughs> respect. Um, shout, shout out Dame <laughs> Lillard. Uh, anyway, Jarrett, mm-hmm. welcome back. Thank you, John. Thank podcast. you, Noel. I am once again shocked that you would have me, but I'm honored to be here. You guys do definitely need to deepen your roster of guests. <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it. I, there's, I could introduce you to several people literally just outside this door down the hall, but okay. The people yeah. keep asking for you. This oh, is uh-huh. season one. Yeah. Hopefully we'll yeah. have more guests. Move we'll on. see y'all. Season two. Good. For sure. So <laughs> I would like to start this conversation in a bit of a different place than we will likely end it, mm-hmm. um, but I don't want us to be, uh, I don't want us to miss the moment that I think is currently happening in our world. And I want to carve out some time for us to talk about it because you did at the top of your message, took some time before you got into it to address uh, and give some, some words to the rise in violence that we're seeing uh, against Asian Americans right now. Uh, and really that has been happening for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And if, if, Folks listening haven't heard your sermon from this last week. I highly recommend that they go back and listen to it, specifically to those opening moments. But what I want to talk about here is this is something that I find we do at our church quite a bit, Mm. more than any other church that I've ever been a part of, in that we carve out time in our services, in our Sunday services, to address Mm -hmm. and give words to something that is happening in the world. Mm -hmm. And maybe our world is just crazier now than it ever has been before. I think to some degree that's true. Um, 
But I feel like specifically at Soul City, this is something that we do quite a bit. And so my question is, how do you, Jarrett, as as a pastor, as one of the leaders of our church, mm-hmm. think through what do we address versus what do we not address what's mm-hmm. going on in the world? When is the right time to do it? How, what have been your learnings? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's first and foremost. It, um, I think you are right, John. I think these are, I, I think we are living in such accelerated um days and extenuating days where there that just seems to be um, something significant happening you know every couple of weeks now some of that is because that's it's always been that way we just have more coverage you know we have 24-hour news cycles we have social media that is right on top of it um, and so you're just being exposed to more of what has always already been there but I also do think that there is uniquely here in America there is there is a a moment of reckoning and resistance that's kind of simultaneously happening at the same time of um so you'd ask the question how do we um discern that we do it as a team we just listen and go man is this something that is significant to where it, and it affects directly affects folks uh from our church and and how do we want to address this how do we want to create space for this sometimes it is in a, a service sometimes it's it's not you know i remember when the the, the shooting in Orlando at Pulse nightclub, you know, mm-hmm. we had said, let's actually create a night for um, prayer and care um, for those who've been, you know, tangentially affected by this and for those who were directly affected by this. So it didn't happen in a service that particular time. Sometimes it happens online, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's the question is that we try and discern in those moments is what is the, what is a unique thing that God wants us to hear or to know for our community. We're not trying to um, say something to everyone. We're trying to speak to our community and we're not trying to just give our opinion or my opinion or Jeannie's opinion or your opinion. What We're trying to like discern, God, what is it that you want us to hear? What is already true? What do we already know? What are you saying uniquely in this moment? So that's kind of the process of how we get there. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm curious. Um, because I spoke a little bit about how that's newer for me to be a part of a church that is directly engaging with things that are happening in our culture that to a degree become politicized very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. Everything does. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm curious, like Noel, for you is, is that a, is that a new experience for you being, cause you know, you grew up in church as well. Mm -hmm. Is that a new experience for you or did you grow up in a church? Cause I know there are plenty of churches that have been doing this for a long time. Yeah, so um, as Jarrett was talking, I remember I started going to Soul City in 2017 um, because I had just graduated college. But (laughs) either way, I'm sorry for... Shout out Gen Z. Oh, my oh, you know <laughs> I'm a millennial. She's Let's a millennial. not do She's that. She's at the tail end. The tail end, but I'm in there, okay? I made it in there. Either way, but I started going, and I remember either it was like the first or the second time I came to Soul City, and I was sitting in the back of like the old building, and I remember Jared speaking on something that was happening in the world, and I was like, that was really the moment where I was like, yeah, I'm 
supposed to be here like because you can't be a we're just gonna praise God through it we're not gonna address it God is good like that spiritual bypassing um mentality Mm. I'm not a big fan of it um just because of the work I do but also just who I am as an individual I'm kind of like we need to be talking about it and how do we navigate it because once we step out these doors we have to be equipped for what's happening around us either way but Um, I would say that's a really good question, but I would say that, um, historically the pastors or the people that I've listened to, um, they, what was predominantly, um, black pastors, but they did address what was going on in the world because, but it depends because I grew up in a storefront church at my grandfather's church and there was like about 20 to 30 members consistently. And so it was a smaller community um but he did to the best of his ability address like you said the needs of his community mm. and that's what the pastor is called to you mm. know the the sheep the the people in his um barnyard flock? oh <laughs> flock yeah flock that's <laughs> i like more. barnyard better <laughs> barnyard <too>. barnyard um <laughs> Oops. Well, we know who's a pastor and who's not. <laughs> and who's not a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. But who might be a children's author. Oh. Barnyard. Speak that. Speak that <laughs> on my life. Take okay. It. But either way. Um, but yeah, so one, historically, I've seen that um, posture taken in terms of like, what is the, what are the needs of my flock? versus in and I see it similar at Soul City but I remember that specifically that that was like yes you need to be at a place where people are addressing real issues that impact and being a pastor of a diverse Mm -hmm. community like you can't single people out like like that they don't matter um if they you know are in your community yeah I think I think that that's so key what I hear you both talking about is we discern what what needs to be addressed, what need what needs words mm-hmm. by looking at, gosh, who's, who's in our community? Who, yeah. wh- how are they feeling? How are mm-hmm. they reacting to what's going on? And, you know, when you have a church that is kind of a, a singular demographic, then that job, I, I don't want to make a value judgment, seems a little bit easier to mm-hmm. me because um, you just say, well, what's happening? But when you have a church body that is filled with many different demographics, many different people from many different backgrounds. I think there's a little bit more listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to be a little bit more sensitive to it. Um, I'm, I'm curious, Jarrett, you know, Noel spoke very well to um, this resistance that I think a lot of people feel to, well, we don't just want this to be a holy huddle where we totally forget about the real difficulties of the world. Mm-hmm. We want this to be a place where we address that. There's that side of the argument. And then there's the other side of it where people say, hey, for you to just take five minutes to talk about this at the top of a message is not nearly enough. Mm -hmm. You need, what would you say to folks who would say to a church that like you're not doing enough or you're not going fast enough? Yeah, it's a great question. And we get that. I mean, we, we, you know, we've heard that we've, you know, it's so funny this last year walking through some of the racial reckoning, some of the racial reckoning that our country is doing specifically around George Floyd's murder and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and, um, and also having this thing where we weren't together, we were at a mm-hmm. distance because of lockdown. You know, we had folks leave our church because we weren't saying more, and we had folks leave our church because we said anything at all, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we had folks come to our church because mm-hmm. it's like, man, I love that y'all are talking about this. And we had folks come to our church like, 
man, I love that this isn't all you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, mm-hmm. you know, f- for, for us, um, I think, what was the question, John? <laughs> no, so what, what would you say to folks who are, oh, are who, more on the side of the spectrum of like, I get it. You're, yeah. Yeah. You're not well, doing and enough. I, what I would contend is that a, a, you know, whether it's online or whether it's a limited capacity, physical in-person gathering, like we're doing now at soul city again, that's that, that, that is a forum that is not always the best forum. A table is a much better forum where going to what we talked about today, where I can surrender my, at, at the very least I can acknowledge my preference, privilege, my blind spots, my whatever, but we can sit down and have a conversation with each other. That to me is so, that has the potential to be so much more transformative than just one person getting up and saying, Hey, here's, here's something I want to remind you of. It's important, right? What, what we did this last weekend, you know, this is the truth of who we are and this is what God calls us to. That totally is important and totally has its place. But to the folks who would say, man, you're not doing enough. I would say, I got, yeah, I, we're trying to be faithful to do what God calls us to do. And there's a lot of people working behind the scenes that aren't going to be up on stage on a Sunday saying something. There's a lot of anti-racism work that's happening in our church that is in small groups. And it's mm-hmm. not, it's not going to be, you know, in the uh, slide before our gathering at some point, you know, or it's not going to come up on social. So I, I would agree. I think there is, there's a ton of work to do. And I think, you know, the discerning work for those of us who are in leadership is what is the work that God's calling us to do this unique church. What's the work that God's calling us to do? Not what's the work that other people are telling us to do or what's the work that other organizations are doing. Like I think of a a friend of mine who I'm so glad to call a friend and some people listening may may have opinion one way or other. His name's Sean King. He's massive on Instagram, but he started out as a pastor and I knew him when he was in Atlanta. We were both starting churches at the same time. Mm -hmm. So we got to be really close friends and, and I went, I think I've told the story before, like I helped volunteer the first couple church services that he did for his church when he was a pastor. I would volunteer. I brought my parents, they were in town. I took them to Sean's church and you know, it was like, man, this is awesome. You could tell week one, like, oh, oh, he's a different kind of, this is a different kind of pastor. This is, he's an activist. Mm -hmm. This is, and I think what eventually within a year, Sean left that church that he started and is now way more in his lane and doing exactly what I think God has wired and called him to do. And again, some people may love it. Some people may hate him, but I think what Sean is doing is so important for who he is. We're trying to do the thing that is important for us to do as a local slash global church. What is the work that God's calling us to do, inviting us to do that's what we want to be faithful to, not what everyone else is doing, not what everyone else tells us to do, not what everyone else tells us to stop doing. We want to hear from God. We want to be in conversation with others, and then we want to be faithful to the moment that we're in. This is These are the days that God has given us. This is the context that God has given us, so we want to be faithful to minister to those. And I think it'd be a lot easier to just go, well, like like Noel was saying, well, let's just, we'll just keep talking, let's just keep teaching the Bible, keep teaching the Bible. It'll all sort itself out. I just don't think, you know, you read the, the New Testament, and there's so many totally unique cultural things, not even cultural things. There's like unique to a couple people in this one particular church. And now they've been immortalized forever in the Bible. You know, it's like maybe I think Paul was just talking to like that dude and his stepmom. Like that's Mm -hmm. like, you know, but, but you know, there's that's, you see that model, this like unique, this is unique to this church, to this body. And we want to be faithful to whatever those things are uh, to this body. And, and can I just say, too, I feel like as a member of the church, or maybe this is just my thinking because I grew up with 
um, uncles and my grandfather's a pastor. It's not just on one person. It's not just all on right. the leadership That's right. staff. Well, absolutely. Like, come on, y'all. Yeah, it's like, all of our, we all we have our We are work. in this community yeah. together. And I know that it's hard when you just see one person. So you're like, well, that's who should be addressing everything. Us as individual members have our role to play as well. That's right. In, in encouraging the community to be as uh, loving as they should be, correcting yeah. one another in yeah. love. Like yeah. that's what we're called to Preach. biblically. So I'm just like, I, I appreciate the way that leadership navigates super difficult conversations, but I'm not exempt. So I'm mm-hmm. not exempt just because I'm not, you know, on the leadership team to not treat people justly um, and give yeah. mercy. Yeah. And to, as we hopefully do with each other to also do with leaders in general, I'm not just talking about Jeannie and I and our staff and our elders that to know that I, I, I will be the first to admit that we get it wrong mm-hmm. probably more than we get it right or we don't say enough, or we didn't say something here, or we said too much there, or whatever it may be. And I, I think that I, something I see missing in our current cultural context is the grace for people to transform and to grow. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we, I heard Richard Rohr say recently on a podcast, like we are so quick to judge each other in a punitive way for our recent criteria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. judge others against our recent criteria that we didn't always have, that we didn't always know, that we weren't even aware Uh-oh, of. But because, but because I got there now, I'm going to hold you accountable to where I just got to and not give you any room or grace to get there mm-hmm. or to wherever God is leading you. Right. And I think if, when we can have that grace for each other, it's like, you know, man, I, I, if someone's doing their work, you know, if someone's just like, nope, I don't believe it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to face it. Well, then that's a little different. Mm-hmm. But for people who are trying to, to figure this out and be faithful to God in the moment that we're living in, to have grace for each other, um, I think would go a long way. And I think open up more conversations than shut them down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's the heart of Jesus that I see, mm-hmm. isn't it? You know, there's certainly times where Jesus is maybe a bit more... Um, a bit more direct with his disciples mm-hmm. of like, what well, you still have such little faith. Get behind me, Satan. Things yeah. of this nature. Stuff like that. <laughs> um, but I think those are more of the exception than his, than his rule. Most of the time it is, it is lovingly guiding along these people who just don't get it mm-hmm. time and time again. Just don't get it. Aren't you there yet? Aren't you there? What, what if Jesus had, you know, the, the social media, sort of outlook of our day of like, you need to be where I am and you need to be there now. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're this, 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 or this. Yeah. But that's not what we see specifically in Mark chapter 10, which oh. you taught us. On. Oh, well, did you just, did transition, you see? Transition, that's how you transition, transition. You know what, John, maybe, maybe it is good. You're a part of this podcast <laughs> hey. again. Maybe it is good. Well, I'm happy to be I, here. I mean, nothing ruins a great transition. Like, <laughs> like having it called transition. out. <laughs> hey, look, everyone, there's a transition with, with a theme song. There yes. Tradition, tradition. <laughs> you guys can't see, but there are definite dance moves Lots that no one's doing to that song. On. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but you, you know, this past week you taught on Mark chapter 10, uh, a, a, one of my favorite stories, um, in the gospel of Mark, the, Brothers, James and John, they go to Jesus. They're looking for a promotion. They're looking for, they yeah. sense a change coming. Yeah. They sense Jesus is going to start some kind of kingdom. What's this going to be? Hey, I want to make sure I get a good title. Yeah. I want to make sure I have a good I seat on the bus. I want to be there in the room where it happens, to quote a 
a musical, John. In the room where it happens. Thank you. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, James and John are trying to sh- call shotgun on this. You know, they're like, I want to sit next to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And once again, what we don't really see from Jesus here no. is is this harsh, like, how dare you? Da, 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 da. No, it's actually quite tender. It's so it's so tender and, and wonderful and really guiding them into a completely new definition of, mm-hmm. of what success looks like. And mm-hmm. you spend a lot of time talking about success this past week. And, and, you know, there's, there's the classic examples of what our sort of uh, reaching for success looks like in our world of job titles or this next season mm-hmm. of life or whatever. I'm interested in, and this can be a conversation between all of us. Mm-hmm. What are some of the more subtle versions of success, quote unquote, that we see ourselves sort of striving for? Mm-hmm in our world today, rather than taking that posture of surrender to God. Mm-hmm. You mean like us, per- like me personally? Yeah. Or that, yeah. or that we see, you know, mm-hmm. well, no, <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm processing through that because I think that's, uh, cause I was thinking about it in when you opened up with, you know, having people talk to their neighbor, which is great. But yeah, what does success like look like to you or what is successful look like? And I was now talking with my friend about that. And I was just like, well, I think I think of success and I think I'm a reacher. He, he did different postures in the, Oh yeah. um, At the end of the message, at the end of the message. And I'm talking in terms of always reaching for more, more, if you haven't Mm -hmm. like listened to the um, sermon, go back and you'll see that. But, um, yeah, I was like, I think I'm always kind of like, what's the next thing? Mm-hmm. What's more? Isn't there more? Um, and I'll have a question about this later. But yeah, I, I think I need time to think about the subtle ways. I mean, I I was thinking more like, yeah, I'll think about that actually. Come back around. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, 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 don't, know how th- I don't know how many people this would apply to. But yeah, I mean, this is, I spent a year working with my counselor over my desire to be significant mm-hmm. or to, and, and really what it was, it was not a desire to be significant. It was to be perceived as significant. Mm. I think it took us three months to get to that point. Um, but you know, that this, you know, I, I want to, yeah, I, I, that is, that's in me. That one, that one is in me that wants to be perceived as, wow, he really gets it. Or he, wow, their church talks about this and that. And you know, wow, that, you know, Whatever, whatever it is, you know, he's also a world-renowned DJ or whatever, you know, because a lot of people are talking about that. Yeah, of mm-hmm. course. So, like to me, it's to to seem significant is is a big one for me to be perceived as significant, to be um, looked to, sought after, thought of, you know, as an author, as a pastor, as a whatever. And so that that's definitely one for me that is like I can find myself getting lost in and pursuing and. And, you know, looking at my Instagram followers and going, oh, man, wow, I should be further than this. I, I should have more than this. Or, I don't, you know, and it's just, to me, it's all this hamster wheel of looking out to other people and assuming that that's what success means because of where they're at and what they have or what they're doing. So that's definitely one for me. I mean, I think, you know, an easy one for me in the, um, around the church is like, you know, it's the, like one of the easiest temptations is I think if Satan were to take every pastor out like he did with Jesus after his baptism, one of the temptations would be for the size of your church. You know, Mm -hmm. it'd be like, if you, you know, bow down to me and I'll make your church a mega church, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think by whatever the definition is of a mega church at Soul City is that, what does that even mean in a post-chronal world, right? 
but I still have that thing in me. It's like, should we, should we be further as a church? Should we be whatever as a church, you know, 10 years into this? And so that's always one that's like, like it's that more. It's what you said, Noel. It's yeah. like, there should be more. We should be doing more. We should be, you know, and I can so miss all the beautiful things that are happening in and through our church and the, mm. our grief and support groups and the way that we're like tangibly connected to our community and serving and all these beautiful, wonderful, all these small groups back when we used to have more in the building, you could drive by on any night and see every light on and people meeting. And I can miss all of that because I'm like, well, but, but should there be more? What else should we be doing? So those are ones that. Yeah. What, what I'm hearing is, you know, for the, the reaching of more, we sort of define success by, by our possessions Mm. you know po- or, posi- or possessing yeah. more or position yeah or position mm-hmm. and yeah and and that's really what that is is that's per- like how we're perceived yeah 100%. you know you're perceived as significant for me it's being perceived as thoughtful and intelligent mm. you know it's mm-hmm. like that's that is that actually matters more to me in terms of feeling successful than money mm-hmm. or yeah. like I am, I am not interested in a greater salary. I'm not interested That's in a title. <laughs> like I'm, I Note genuinely, you know, I'm not interested in like a greater title, but for me, it would be a huge hit to my ego. If I found out there was a single person in our church who listened to a sermon of mine and didn't think I was intelligent or thoughtful, no. that would be the worst thing in the world right. to me. Right. And that's my sort of grab at success. It, and it is just rooted in how I'm perceived, Yep. how I'm perceived by others. Yep. Okay. I'm back. <laughs> Here she is. Welcome back. Noelle. Yeah, no, I, I think it was good to hear you all process through it. And I think, oh man, I just think I'm in this season where I'm walking through it. So it's hard to talk uh, about it. But um, I think mine is a mixture of like perfectionism and, you know, pe- being likable, people pleasing um, in terms of that makes me feel successful. I think a lot of that comes from childhood, you know, people not getting along with people or people not really um, or taking my f- people or children at that time, but taking my friendliness as flirtiness or something that's mm. not authentic. And so I think I'm always in this like, well, I'm going to be super authentic. I'm going to be super right. nice to everyone. And I want to be perfect. So I don't want to have anything wrong. I don't want to say anything wrong. I'm going to say yes to everything. Um, but then sometimes you're, you're so busy looking outward that you don't know what's going on inward Mm -hmm. so I think of that as the consequence of like sometimes I'm like even with my decision making I had to be real firm with myself this year of like what do you want even some of my family and friends I'm like uh, or my boyfriend I'm I'm like let me think about it first Mm -hmm. and then I'll come to you and we'll have a conversation because I need to know what's going on up here Mm -hmm. instead of thinking what you want me Mm -hmm. to do yeah so yeah. I guess I'm mine. That's fantastic. So th- the the opposite of this sort of striving for success mm-hmm. and the, the way that Jesus ultimately points James and John to mm-hmm. and ultimately points us to is this way of surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, something that, as, as you were teaching, that Jarrett, that, that came to my mind was like the pace of success, the pace of it, is always so fast. Mm-hmm. It's so easy. And, and I've had seasons of my life where I have like gotten on the wave mm-hmm. and I'm just like riding and going and going. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a train that mm-hmm. never stops. Mm-hmm. Whereas I thought about the pace of surrender is so opposite yep. to that. The pace of surrender is so much slower. Yep. 
And so I'm interested, part of the homework that you gave us this week was to kind of open in that posture on our knees, open before God and surrender. Mm -hmm. I'm interested to hear from you in, do you have any practices other than that one that that help you remain in that posture or return to that posture of surrender? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, You know, one of the practices, and I would have incorporated this into the homework from this last week, but if it, if it would have been helpful or made sense, but I just, one, didn't think of it. And then two, I think it could have complicated it. But for me, I've said this before, maybe even on the pod, like the meditation piece and specifically the breathing around meditation is one of those things that helps me just get back to what matters most between me and God. And it sounds so like, why don't you just breathe? What? But like, it's amazing to think how long I can go in my day and not even think about my breathing or the pace at which I'm moving or, you know, all that kind of stuff. You said that pace can be so intoxicating and so toxic at the same time to someone's soul. And so for me, that slowing down my breathing um, and then getting quiet and getting still is it it opens me up to like, Oh, this is what I really want. God, this is what I'm available. I'm here. What is it you have for me? It just opens me up more. Um, and then I don't know, John and Noel, but not Julian. I don't know <laughs> if it's about getting older or, or maybe hopefully wiser. I don't know. Um, you know, I've been in this game a little while now with Jesus. Yeah. I, I th- I'm finding myself a little quicker to to identify my attachments. Now, whether I'm willing to lay them down is that act of surrender is really the work. But I'm aware sooner these days of like, oh, I'm really attached to it having to be that way. I'm really attached to it being right. Like I had this, this like sidebar. Mm-hmm. I had this moment with Jeannie where something had changed. Like we had a plan. It wasn't even that locked. It was like a simple, it was like our, the way our morning was going to go. I mean, it was like, it was whether I was going to take the kids to school <laughs> or she was, I had in my mind that we both were, I thought we'd said that, but then the last minute she's like, Oh, I have this call with a friend. Can you take them? And I noticed myself getting stressed and worked up. And you know, I was like, why, why am I getting so revved up? It's the, I was still going to go anyway. It's just, just me now and not her. And I had in my mind, we were going to grab breakfast afterwards and <laughs> have this day date and all this kind of, like I had all this stuff in my mind and I had gotten totally attached to my plan again. And it's so small, but it threw me for like a bit to where I was angry. I was like mad at Jeannie, mm-hmm. you know, I was like mad, I was angry and, and grumpy and like, and I, then I got, you know, drop the kids off to school. I'm like, okay, God, pause. <laughs> what? Like I had a moment where it was just me in the car because Jeannie didn't come. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's going on here? Oh, I am so attached to the plan as I perceived it or as we agreed to it or whatever. Yes. And life seems to be always happening and things seem to be always changing. And this is not going to serve me or my wife or my kids or anyone around me well if I stay locked in or attached to what I thought the plan was, or I thought the idea was, or whatever it is in my head. And so when Jeannie and I, uh, when I got back and saw her, I said, I think I understand what's going on here. And, you know, I, I was able, we kind of like got to a clean agreement. Like, hey, when the plan changes and, you know, we have some control over it, can you give me the grace to give me 60 seconds to readjust? Something in me mm-hmm. needs to readjust. I'm aware mm-hmm. of that. And would you be willing to, she's like, oh my gosh, yeah, that makes total sense. I totally get it. So I think, John, one of the things to, to me, you asked, this is a long answer to a short question, is 
I am grateful that my awareness of my attachments to whether it's success or whether it's to um, whatever it may be, my way, the plan I had, my will, um, I'm getting quicker at identifying those. And then I th- I'd like to think a little quicker at, let- at surrendering those to God. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. I don't sense. know if that's, I don't know what to attribute that to other than maybe doing this work for a while now. And mm-hmm. and I'm very grateful for it. Still have a long way to go. Yeah, I think for me, it's in those, it's when I take the time to surrender and I take that pause and I take that stillness and that silence, that's actually when the spirit makes me most aware of my attachments. Mm-hmm. That's when, when I'm when I'm reviewing through my day and I'm thinking and I'm praying through it and I think, oh gosh, that was a weird moment. You know, what was oh, going on? What was, go- yeah. what was actually going on mm-hmm. there in the spirit of mm-hmm. like, well, John, that was that was you being attached to your your version of the plan as mm-hmm. you perceived it, as you said. And so instead, in that moment, then I have an awareness of the attachment. And at the same time, I have a I have an opportunity to release that and to surrender. Surrender. That. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's just such a gift um, to have people that you can come back and start over again and yeah, just or have God. that conversation. Like, yes. yo, I was tweaking. Like, yeah, I, I got, re- I got all kinds of crazy I really real quick. got yeah. upset at you. And I, I completely resonate with this. And, um, if my mother or friends are listening to, they know I'm a hot head sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm just like, when it's something that I can't readjust, I'm not good at like that quick transition. I'm just like, okay, so now I'm upset. Like, what are we going to, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to you anymore now, but <laughs> Game over. So I we're, mean, we're done with this it. conversation. It's been nice knowing you. And so as I've gotten older ish, not as old as um, Jared, but as I've gotten wow. older, you Whoa. know, Gen X. <laughs> Shots. Shout I out have Gen X. tired. Stop doing that Gen X. You know, I'm a millennial. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm Gen oh. X. Oh, <laughs> the generation that no one seems to care about. That's oh. my generation. <laughs> Just a no, nope. you are. Okay, either way, but yes, I have take, I mean, it's just so so good to be loved by people who will stick around when you act crazy, and then it gives you the opportunity to do the same for them. Yeah. So don't miss out on that. You know what I mean? To hold that same space when someone else needs it. It might not look the same as yours. They may not be hot-headed. They may be the people who shut down completely, like, Mm -hmm. I'm done. I don't want to express myself. So you may have to peel back the layer, like, um, so... Are you upset? I notice something's going on. I notice something's mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Um, but you have that opportunity to reciprocate that. So I, I enjoy like the the both end of like being in silence, but also. Well, yeah. And that. this is some of what I didn't have time to unpack in the message is that this, the way this seems to me to work is that the more I surrender or the phrase I used is I make myself unassailably available to God. Like, yeah. I am utterly, unshakably available to God. The way it seems to work with me is at least the greater opportunity I have to be available to you, to mm-hmm. you, to others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that that those things seem to come hand in hand is when I surrender and make myself totally available to God, like you were just saying, when I do that work, I actually have a grace for myself. I can have a grace for others. I can be present to others. Mm-hmm. And when they get they do their version of crazy or, or whatever it is. I can be like, Oh yeah, that, I got that in me too. And it, like, in le- but if I'm holding on to, or I'm locked in on being right or they're wrong or I, whatever it is, I am not going to be as available to them or to, or to even anyone else. Like I was being grumpy in that example to Gigi when I was driving her to school and she had nothing to do with it. She, didn't, she had yeah. nothing to do with it, but right. it was affecting her. Right. So it's like, Oh, how, if I am 
surrendered and available to God, I at least increase the opportunity to be connected and available to others as well. And that availability piece is the difference between surrender and giving up. Mm. Yeah, it's not that's different. Because when you give up, you know, it's like it's game over. When you give up, you just are like, all right, fine, I'll just do what you want me to do. Yeah. You know, which is not that's true not surrender and availability. Mm-hmm. So the surrender in that Jesus, I think, is inviting us into and that you're talking about is one that says, I'm actually giving you control and I'm going to work towards that. Yeah. You know, I'm going to work towards wh- what it, wherever you're leading us. Let's go. Yeah. You yeah. know, rather than, all right, yeah, you're in charge. Just like take me for the right, ride. Right. I'm going to be dead weight. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Which is, it's not I think, an important thing. difference. No, if it were a passive thing, it'd be, um, I think, a lot easier. This is active oh, surrender. Yeah. Like this is, this is, there is resistance to this. There is a lot of, you know, history of, of heading in the opposite direction for me <laughs> towards this kind of work. So, yeah, it's not a like, oh, whatever, I don't care. It's a, no, I want to be so available to you, God, and so available to others that I will keep surrendering. I'll keep laying down. I'll keep letting go of whatever it may be so that I can be ultimately available to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think what I think about is, like, preparing for that pushback as well. Mm-hmm. Like, your human nature is going to be like, no, no. surrender. Why? No, why? <laughs> this is working out great this for us. This is perfect. Like, yeah. everyone is on edge around me, but <laughs> so what? <laughs> right, it but it works matter, for me. But, right. but totally. there, I, I do, I think, even when in the service, um, I don't think people would be able to see that because it's it was online recorded, but people were bowing down and surrender, and what, mm-hmm. like, a beautiful posture that was to see people to do together to do know. together to see that everyone is kind of on the same page and we all need to work through that and yeah i, I just love that part of the service uh, so a uh, a final question for you mm. um you know this whole mark series that we're in has been branded bad news good news i think every one of us has said the title wrong every week yeah <laughs> <laughs> we usually get a reverse good news bad news uh, something can, news either one no either news one. is good news yeah. both both are available mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um when talking about surrender, what is the good news mm-hmm. of surrender? Yeah, the good news is what we were just talking about. I'm I I position myself to be unassailably available to God. That's the that's the best part of it. And I am now I am modeling, I am following the way of Jesus. That is what that you can't I just I appreciate you know, some of the language and, and I can totally get it. And I've sung the songs. We have a lot of songs and language. And there's some folks who really love seeing Jesus as the conquering king. And that is theologically correct. But the life you see of Jesus is it's surrender. It's surrender to the will of God, surrender to where God leads him. I mean, you know, if you ask Jesus after his baptism, what's your three-year plan? It's not like he's like, well, first I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this. and It's like, I'm going to get some disciples I'm going to surrender to God all the way to the cross and to an empty tomb and my ascension. That's kind of it. It's not like he, first I'm going to go to Galilee, then I'm going to go to this, then I'm going to do that. It was just surrender, total availability to where God was prompting and leading in the moment. So I would say that's that's the good news is of surrender is, man, I am so much more available to the work of God because I've put made myself available to God, period. So... I you mean know, that you're not you're not st- stuck grasping at success, which is really just like running on a treadmill, mm-hmm. not really going anywhere. The carrot keeps dangling. Mm-hmm. Versus through surrender, we we go on a legitimate journey with God that actually was well, far better than somewhere. anything I could have yeah come up with on my own. Yeah. yeah, and and give yourself grace. 
right along the journey yeah. i think that's the biggest thing too is just to be o- be okay with not being okay and being uncomfortable in that too yeah very good Jarrett, thank you. Oh, I thought you were going to ask what the bad news is. What's the bad? <laughs> I was ready for it. Didn't it feel like Noel? He was doing like a good news, bad news, well, bad the, news, good news. The bad news is. I don't is, know what John does sometimes. Yeah, so it's I, tough. To, I, he's I tough to, to read. I try it's to just to read. go on the journey. Complicated, <laughs> mysterious man. I was going to say the bad news is we got through this whole podcast without making fun of me. And then well, that just came. Well, so his head sunk. Good news, good yeah. news. There good it is. Good news, good news. Awesome. Well. But, Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Jared. Yeah. Listen, guys, can I give you some feedback? Okay. Get some other guests. (laughs) Can I just encourage you? There's a wealth, a plethora, if I could use that word. Yes. Cornucopia. Of of great people. So I love being with you. And I love when you're not here too, John. Thank you. But, you know, there's other people out there. I love being here, but maybe some other guests. I do. I know. This is true. Yeah, Julie. You know what, Julian? <laughs> There's a reason we don't give you a mic. They <laughs> work on them squats and yes. lunges. Yes. Well, thank you. I do want to say thank you for having me. No, I'd love this conversation. Welcome. Y'all missed it too because we were having a we were going hard before the, before the headphones were put on and the mics were turned on about all kinds of different things. So, uh, with Julian as a equal participant yes. in that conversation, that which was I'm grateful beyond the for. mic. That was off the mic. That's <laughs> yeah. going to be like the podcast about the podcast about the church. Oh, my goodness. Very yeah. good. So, and thank you, Julian. He had a little words for our pastor friend here. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. We appreciate you every week coming, coming early, yeah, doing all the things good. you do, sounding good, giving correction when indicated. It, thank you. That was a medical term. I apologize. But either way, thanks, John, for being my co-host. Mm. And thank you, listeners, uh, so much. We, we appreciate you more than you know. Yes, and once again, make sure you subscribe, leave a review uh, so that more people can find this podcast and listen to these fun, wild conversations with you. Uh, Yeah, and until next time, uh, we pray that through your surrender, God would wreck your life with his unbelievable love and grace. Amen. Well said. Thanks so much for listening to the Transformation Podcast brought to you by Soul City Church. For more from Soul City, including teaching, giving information, or to join us for any of our weekend gatherings, visit our website, soulcitychurch.com.